This episode of Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all possible with a Squarespace website. And right now, listeners to Stuff You Should Know can start a free trial today. Just go to squarespace.com and enter the offer code STUFF, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And there's Jerry. Did you see that Squirrel W. Chuck Bryant picture? Yeah. It's pretty great, huh? Big thanks to Sally Ridge, illustrator, Mm -hmm. drawer of things. Yeah. Who made us one of, uh, we used to get a lot of fan art. Have you noticed we don't get that much anymore? Yeah, everybody takes us for granted. Uh, maybe. No, we get jingles now. Yeah, we get all kinds of cool stuff, but we just used to get a ton of fan art. And, um, this is like one of the more delightful pieces of fan art we've ever gotten. We posted it on our Instagram, actually. Yeah, and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, So thank you, Sally, for that. Go to sallyridge.net to see her work. Uh, I'm a little squirrel. I'm a weasel. Which I don't know what to make of. Yeah. I'm just going with it. It's cute. I first saw that, too, and I was like, huh. <laughs> right. It was like if it was a weasel and a skunk, it'd be like, I'd really have to think it, think it through. But you, as a squirrel, you have a little beard even, too. It's pretty cute. It is very cute. Um, so, Chuck, we say all that to say, have you ever seen a gene? A grown gene naked? Can you, <laughs> can you keep up with genes and DNA and all that? Nucleotides, do you remember this stuff? A little bit. I had to go back and brush up on a, a little. If you have a primer, feel free because. I, I have a bit of a primer. I'll probably screw it up royally. Well, I was going to say an alternate title for this show could be called, um, How the CRISPR Gene Editing Works, uh, aka What's Chuck Gonna Mess Up? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I mean. It's sort of simple, but it also is a little mind bending. It's simple if you are a geneticist. Right. Which it's it's almost like laughably, scarily simple. Yeah. But um, to people like us, it's it's like, huh? Sure. Um, all right. Well, let's go back. Let's talk a little bit about genes first, right? To a little weasel and a squirrel. So if you <laughs> if you go into one of those squirrel's cells and you go into the nucleus of the cell, you're going to find a pair of chromosomes. Yeah. Right? And these chromosomes are made up of DNA. And the DNA itself is made up of nucleotide pairs. Uh, what is it? G A to T C. Is that right? Um, adenine goes to. Oh, who does it? Yeah, adenine goes to uh, thymine, and guanine goes to cytosine. Right. Okay. So you got Gattaca. Yes. And when you put these these amino acids together, you have what are called nucleotide base pairs, and they make up DNA. Yeah. Now, if you take a strand of DNA, this thing from um, it's like a Stanford site for dummies, mm-hmm. so it really spoke to me. Yeah. But it said it said that if you could stretch out your DNA, it would be like six feet long. Did wow. you know that? That's all. In the nucleus of a cell. I thought you were about to say it would be the exact exact height that you are. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, my mind would have been blown. Yeah, that'd be something else. Sure. Wow, maybe it is, because I'm about six feet. Because supposedly your wingspan is uh, fingertip to fingertip is the same as your height. I've heard that before. Uh, that's not true, though, because some people have larger wingspans than others, than their height. Yeah. Like, proportionally. I gotcha. Anyway, go ahead. So it's just a dirty lie? I think so. Huh. Well, if you take this DNA, right, and you look at it, you can see that there's different sequences. Yeah. And... 
along this these, this very long six foot strand of DNA, these sequences are broken down into what are called genes, right? And so a gene is really just a string of nucleotide base pairs uh-huh. that create or lead to the production of a specific protein. Yes. And you say, okay, well, great, protein, we eat that, it's steak, done. Yeah. No, proteins do way more than that. They're yes. involved in just about every part of your body, from like the building blocks of cells to chewing to blinking to thinking. Like proteins are very, very important. And your proteins are expressed through your genes. Okay? Yeah. I think I got that fairly right. All right. Every once in a while, this code, especially when a cell divides and the DNA that was in the original cell is copied yeah. for to the new cell... That translation can go a little bit wrong. And so all of a sudden, along these billions of base pairs, there's a, there's a, there was a mistranslation. And what you have then is a mutation. Yeah. For the most part, mutations are not problems. Right. As a matter of fact, um, any one of us has something like an estimated five to ten mutations, deadly mutations, in our genes right now. Crazy. But we only have one copy, and there are very few diseases that you only need one copy of a genetic defect for. Right. Right? So we're, we're basically fine. If you get two pairs of mutated problematic genes, then you can have a disease. And there's a lot of diseases that are genetic in origin. Everything from, um, cystic fibrosis. Yeah. To cancer. Yeah. Is the result of a gene that's mutated and gone haywire. The whole point of everything I just said is that we, from the dawn of humanity, even before then, ever since we were little amoeba, mm-hmm. have been subject to the whims and the vagaries of genetic mutations. Sometimes they help us. Sometimes they do nothing. Sometimes they create disease. Yeah. But as of 2012, we are technically leaving the thumb of genetic mutations tyranny. Potentially, yeah. Through CRISPR gene editing. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. It, it really is. It's very tough. I know I say this a lot. I think I said it's tough to underestimate the craze of Super Bowls or something stupid like that. <laughs> it's really tough to overstate how much the CRISPR gene editing um, technique could change humanity. Yeah. The if world. It, if everything goes well, hopefully yeah. within the next decade, we'll see Mm-mm. real human trials for some of these applications. Yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. Uh, and it may happen because this is one of the most heavily funded uh, arms of scientific health med- medicinal research out there right now. Yeah, it's also one of the newest too, and it's already one of the most heavily funded because it's yeah. it's showing that much promise. Like everybody keeps looking into it more and more and more and they're like every every time they look at it more they're like it's like we just unlocked a secret of life. Yeah. We just figured it out. Yeah, and we can make so much money on it. Yeah. So let's uh start a company and invest a lot of money in its research. Yep. All right, so CRISPR C R I S P R all capitalized stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats, which Boom. is why they called it CRISPR. Yep. Because that is a mouthful, and uh, unless you're a geneticist, like you said, that probably those string of words together probably just make your head spin. Right. But if you, if you take them and separate them, I watched this video. I can't remember who 
did it, but I, I'll post it on the podcast page. Was this, it the TED Talk? No, it wasn't a TED Talk. It was by a dude. Oh, um, oh, what's uh, Bozeman Science? It was a Bozeman Science video. It was really good. Bozeman, Montana? It was just Bozeman Science. Okay. So now there's a Bozeman, Montana and a Bozeman Science. But anyway, the guy on the video said, just kind of take it separately. And it's actually two two parts. You've got the um, short palindromic repeats are the thing. Mm-hmm. And the clustered regularly interspaced thing kind of describes what that thing is, right? Yeah. So the short palindromic repeats is what you need to focus on to start. Sure. But uh, let's back up a little bit. Okay. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about genetically modifying things. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. Uh, everyone knows about Dolly the sheep and cloning and uh, genetically modified fruits and vegetables. Um, Even selective breeding is a, is a type of yeah. genetic modification. Sure. You know? So it's nothing new. It's been going on for a while. But... Um, in the early 2000s, there was a, a discovery uh, of an enzyme. Well, not a discovery of the enzyme, but a discovery of how to use an enzyme called a zinc finger uh, nuclease. And what that would do is, is replace, it would delete and replace very specific bad genes that would make you get a disease, let's say. Right. So- and it was a huge finding, but really expensive. Yeah, they were about $5,000 a piece, and they didn't work every time for sure. No. And um, they were just difficult to manufacture, difficult to understand, difficult to implement. But they did do something pretty amazing, which was they went in, removed a gene from a strip of DNA, and could replace it with a, another gene that you wanted. The thing is, it was just tough to use, basically. So yeah. it was a big breakthrough, but it wasn't a sweeping breakthrough, because... It was, it was fragile and difficult and expensive. That's right. Uh, fast forward to, well, I guess go back in time, rather, to yeah. 1987, uh, sophomore in high school. George Brett was the man. Yeah, sure he was. Uh, John Cusack started not say anything. In 87? Well, maybe something around there. I think that was 89-ish. No. Singles was like 89, 90. No, singles is definitely in the 90s because I was But I think it was like 90. I'm going to go with 91. (laughs) Please continue. All right. uh, While you look that up. So 1987 uh, is when the the word CRISPR first appears in a journal article uh, because the scientists said, you know what? We found this uh, thing in E. coli, these short repeats. What year was it? 89. (laughs) Uh, These short repeats in the E. coli bacteria. Um of DNA, and that's weird. There should not be repeats of DNA in this bacteria, so it, it was noteworthy. Yeah, it's like, what is that? Right. It's a little weird. So they took note, and I guess just same thing came out, and they decided to watch Cameron Crowe movies for the next decade. As of 1992. So they got bad. <laughs> they started watching singles. And um, in 2012 is when CRISPR, and this is just a few short years ago, is when CRISPR really came on the scene. Uh, and that's when all this money started pouring into the research and it's like advanced light years in the last four years. Right. And the big, the big difference between what happened in 1987 and what happened in 2012 is that they figured out what these, um, short palindromic repeats were, right? Yeah. So you had these little strips of DNA in E. coli and then they found out later on you could find it in most bacteria, if not all. Yeah. These short little 
strips seem to be separating out these these what seem to be like random strings of DNA, but they separated them out in a, a, a regular interspersed manner, right? Uh-huh. So they looked at the little bits of random DNA and they realized that it matched viral DNA. And Which they is found, totally weird. Yeah, because they're like, well, wait, this is a bacteria. What is viral DNA doing in here? Yeah. And someone, I'm not exactly sure who. Scientist m- Eugene Koonin. Koonin was a paradigm-changing giant who yeah, oh, is yeah. the unsung hero in this. Koonin said, you know what I think is going on? I think what we're seeing here is essentially a database that a bacteria houses in its own DNA where when it's invaded by a virus, yeah. it captures that virus's DNA or uh-huh. RNA, snips up some of it, and stores it in its de- in this um, genetic database so that when it sees that again, it will recognize the virus and can attack it. Yeah, it's a, it's a genetic adaptation present in... It is not all bacteria, but in many bacteria cells to mm-hmm. help it survive because a bacteria has like a few minutes once it starts to get attacked by a virus to live. Right, okay. So it's part of its immune system, right? This database of what's called CRISPR. Yeah. Then there's another thing that they, they figured out about bacteria that's associated with the CRISPR database in any given bacteria and a bacteria that has it. It's called Cas9. Yeah. It's CRISPR-associated... Um, enzymes, I think. Yeah, CAS9. It's a it's a protein. It's an RNA-guided enzyme and protein. Right. And it has this really neat function. It goes to a virus or viral DNA or viral RNA, and it captures it. It unzips it, which is not everything can do that. No. And then it also precisely snips it and then delivers that snip to the um, bacteria's CRISPR database for storage yeah so what you have is a it's an it's an edit as opposed to like we've been working with working with genetic addition and transfer for years like treating people with transferring into like bone marrow let's right. say but this is an actual edit like they they liken it in this article even though our own article never mentioned cas9 which is like i can't even believe yeah you can't really have one without the other no much. it was weird but uh this Cas9 is literally, they liken it to an assassin, like that comes in very surgically with a pair of scissors, right. very specifically removes, ideally, just that part. Yeah. The bad part. So we'll talk a little more about this. we got to take a break, though, everybody. We're getting a little worked up. So Chuck, you you were calling uh, the Cas the CRISPR Cas nine system, which is basically what it is. Yeah, a, an assassin for bacteria, right? It goes after the viruses, cuts them up. Somebody figured out along the line that you can take this natural bacterial immune response and sick it on not just viruses but other stuff. Not just somebody. Cal Berkeley. Scientist Jennifer Dudna, yeah, she's gonna win a she's gonna win a Nobel Prize one day. She's totally up for it. She will, and and I would advise if anyone is into TED Talks to watch her TED Talk on this. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so um, she is a Dudna or Doudna? Uh, well, I said Dudna, but we'll go with Doudna. 
Okay. One of those. Yeah. Um, she, she was the first to suggest that you can use this natural system to edit genes and other things. Yeah. And I think they started out in, um, very simple organisms. But what they found over time is that this seems to be universal. That as long as something has DNA, you can use the CRISPR-Cas9 system on it to edit genes. Yeah, to uh, she likened it to fixing a typo, or uh, she said it was like a genetic vaccination card that your cell can have. Yeah. So it goes in, it snips out the bad part, mm-hmm. and sometimes it just joins uh, from there and just repairs it, but other times it sticks uh, something else in and right. joins it. Right. So, so um, it depends. Yeah, it depends on the system that you're using. Like you can you can just stick a CRISPR Cas9 thing. So you you give it. A, you basically give this bacterial immune response mm-hmm. a little piece of the gene that you want edited. Yeah. And it says, it examines it just like it would if it, if it were in a bacteria and it were being invaded by a virus. Yeah. So it examines this gene and says, okay, this is what I need to go find. And it goes and finds it on a strand of DNA. And this thing doesn't care what DNA it's looking at. It's just doing its thing, right? So if you stick it on any DNA, it's going to go find that sequence, that genetic sequence, on whatever DNA it's exposed to. Yeah, the bad guy. And then it's going to unzip it. It's going to cut it out. And then one thing you can do is just say, done and done. And then the DNA is going to repair itself. Yeah. But what you've just done is remove that whole sequence of nucleotide base pairs that makes up a gene. And so when it fuses back together, it's going to be missing that gene. So you can delete a gene is what that's called. Or yeah. you can add a third component too and say, here's what you're looking for. Here's the, here's the guide RNA that you want to go find. Yeah. Um, use the Cas9 system to go cut it out, unzip it and cut it out and then replace it with this. Here's some blueprints for what you should install in the, in the place of the gene you just edited out. Yeah. So you can delete and then now add whatever gene you want. And what they found that's incredibly mind-boggling, Chuck, is that you can take a gene from a different organism and put it into another organism. Yeah. You can basically just copy and paste and cut and paste DNA, and that's what this system is is allowing people to do. So what does all this mean? It means you could potentially remove a gene for blindness. You could remove a gene for cystic fibrosis Mm -hmm. and repair. Right. Uh... Well, we'll talk about HIV a little bit more in a minute. Um, you could create uh, more disease-resistant uh, crops. Uh, you could create a bioweapon that could wipe out a species. Yeah. I mean, there are bad applications as well. well. Well, people have talked about that. Remember with Zika virus. Yeah. Like people are saying, well, let's just um, get mosquitoes to, to stop reproducing, and then that'll stop the spread of Zika virus. What they're talking about is using gene editing. Yeah, and if you watch that uh, TED Talk from uh, Jennifer Doudna, she says... Slow, we need to slow it down. Yeah. And um, she and her, I don't know if she was partnered. She said she co-invented, I don't know if it was Kunin or not, but whoever her, her partner in crime here is. Oh, it was a, a French a French um, researcher. So it wasn't Emmanuel Kunin. something. I can't oh, remember okay. her last name. So she said they basically called for a, a, a moratorium for now and said everyone just stop for a, a minute. Yeah, and everybody's like, no. 
Well, you know how much money is yeah, flowing? There's into a lot this? of money at stake. So we'll see where that goes. But she she did call for a a pause, is what she called it, um, so they could kind of set up some guidelines on how to use and not misuse this technology. Yeah, and the reason why, um, I mean, I salute her for that. That's a big deal. Heck yeah. But th- that's a big problem that we're facing in this world is that our technology is starting to outpace our understanding of all of the things it can do. Yeah. And then in addition to that, it's becoming much more democratized to where people can get their hands on incredibly advanced technology um, in the comforts of their own home. And this is a really good example of that. Yeah. Because the CRISPR system you can send off for on the Internet for anywhere from like 30 bucks to 75 bucks. Yeah. And you will have a, um, a bacteria that you can introduce your guide RNA to or your host RNA to and in, in basically aer- aerosolize it yeah. and expose it to a mouse. And that bacteria will go in and edit that mouse's genes. And you can do this if you know what you're doing with a, a relatively clunky setup yeah. at your at, in your home. Yeah, it's, and, it and could you, be scary. Yeah. So like the idea that we need to stop and and talk about what direction we should go with this or what restrictions we should place on it, I think that's a fantastic idea. Well, yeah, because we all we did a show on designer children. Jeez, uh, was it before 2012? I don't know. I would guess it came out of this. Because I don't remember. Like the hype over this. I don't remember talking about the CRISPR gene in that episode, but that's potentially one of the applications is, uh, I, w- I don't want my child to have Huntington's disease and it's in there. Right. So let's take it out. Right. Great. Ooh, I also want my kid to be tall and have blue eyes. Right. Yeah, that gets a little dicey. It does, for sure. Um, designer humans. Uh, well, just go back and listen to that episode. It's yeah. fraught, fraught with complications. You start to run into the idea of like genetic or uh, eugenics. Well, yeah, the have and the have nots, because obviously not everyone could afford to do something like that. Sure. So then you have you know the the wealthy Uber races, even taller and blonder than ever. Right, exactly. But then they've also decided that tall and blonde is is the ideal. So then they start like editing people's genes who aren't tall and blonde. Right. And then all of a sudden you have nothing but tall and blonde people. Gattaca. Right. Like you said. I've never even seen that movie. Ooh, it's a good one. Is it really? Yeah, man. A, a very, like a, you know, a thinking person's... Uh, Reindeer game? Sci-fi. <laughs> man, you bring that movie up way too much. <laughs> um, just a thinking person's sci-fi future movie. Have you seen Equilibrium with uh, Christian Bale? No. I haven't either. It's got like three stars on Netflix, and that's not enough for me to pull the trigger on. I've never heard of that, which is a bad sign. It seems like it's from about the same time as Gattaca, maybe oh, a little earlier. So it's a little older? But it's Christian Bale. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. If a little crazy. He's so good. We're done, you and me. He's never going to live that down. <sighs> what a great tirade. One and of the all-time great He did tirades. it right before we shot our TV show, too. So, like, we walked around on set, like, saying that all the yeah, time. Yeah, that was a, a running joke. It was fun. Uh, you want to take another break? Yeah, let's take a break, and we'll talk about kind of where we are right now and, and what some people think about its future. All right, Chuck. So obviously we're on the verge of um, great designer children, like no. probably next week, right? Maybe. I don't think it's that quick. 
No, but I, I did read this article because this sounded too good to be true when I was reading it. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, the CRISPR gene, that's just going to solve everything. Right. From food shortage to every disease known to man. Yeah, like cancer, right? Cancer yeah. Cancer is basically the result of um, a something called the P53 protein not being expressed by a gene. Yeah. And the P53 protein goes in and says, hey, uh, I think you're a tumor. You stop multiplying. Mm-hmm. And if that if that protein's not there to tell the cell to stop multiplying, it keeps multiplying, and all of a sudden, you got a tumor, a.k.a. cancer, right? Yeah. So you could go in and, and just uh, edit that gene to make sure the P53 um, protein is expressed. Bam, you just cured cancer on the genetic level. Yeah. So, yes, it, it could just improve the world. Correct, sir. So I read this article. I was all excited. Um and you should still be excited. This isn't a complete poo-poo. Right. But uh, this is just like this week. Uh, the gene editor CRISPR won't fully fix sick people anytime soon, and here's why. Um, so this lady, uh, Jocelyn Kaiser, sort of throws a bit of a wet blanket on it, mm-hmm. um, but not completely. There, she's just sort of like, there's still a ways to go. So here's one of the things. Um, most diseases, apparently... Uh, like cystic fibrosis, muscular dystrophy, um, where gene correction is already kind of a thing, Uh like where they require gene correction. Um, Basically, what she's saying is it has to be done in a living person. Like you can't extract the cells and do it and then put the cells back in like they currently do with gene transfer. Oh, really? Because uh, not enough of the cells will survive, apparently. Okay. So that's one of the roadblocks right now. You need to treat the cells inside the body. Well, one thing which I is a big challenge. One thing I wonder, maybe this this um, lady talks about it, but how do you how do you direct the um, the CRISPR Cas9 system to the right cell? She just said it's. It, I mean, in her TED talk, she doesn't get super specific. She says it's an RNA guided protein. Yeah. Um, That's what I ran across, too. I didn't run yeah. across anybody who said, oh, well, this is how... Yeah, I'll look for that, too. I think it, we'll just call it um, the magic of science. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Faith. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it's very precise, though. You know, It's not like they just throw it in there and see what happens. Right. So there, there's something guiding it. Yeah. Um, it's a safety risk right now because uh, when this, this CRISPR cleaves it off with the scissors, right. uh, it is in a very specific location, but... They don't know yet if it could potentially, because once you've created these things, you deliver it through a viral vector. It's in there. And this Cas9 is going to keep replicating itself for forever. Right. So they don't know if 15 years down the line, if the thing starts cleaving, causing cancer, basically. Right. Uh, but what they think now is they haven't seen that yet. So it's just like, let's keep an eye out for this. Yeah. So it's not like the worst news ever. But so far, these mice are doing well, and that's not happening. Well, this is like a very hot topic in bioethics as well. And one of the things that people, I'm sure, like um, Dubna are, are um, pressing for is figuring out how to reverse engineer the stuff or reverse the effects of it. Yeah. To engineer it so it stops after a while. Yeah. So that if it, 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 like if you did introduce it into a wild population, mm-hmm. it wouldn't just wipe that population off the face of the earth. It would eventually slow. Well, that's exactly what they're hoping to do, is that Cas9 will eventually stop doing its thing. There's, You can hope in one hand and then figure it out scientifically in well, the no, other. Well, no, they're trying to figure it out scientifically. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were saying, like, yeah, they just Oh, hoped. no, no, no. They, they, they know that's an issue, and that's one of the like roadblocks they're trying to overcome. Gotcha. Uh, one of the other things is the Cas9 um, 
it's a process that it can only be active when the cells are like dividing, actively dividing. Right. And apparently that's just not, you know, the liver, your stem cells, your eyes, your blood. Mm-hmm. It's not always actively dividing. So they're trying to work around that, basically. Huh. Uh, every limitation they found so far, they're saying it's not a... a, a it's not a deal breaker? It's not a deal breaker. It's we a think, game changer. Yeah, we think we can figure something out to work around it. I'm sure they will. So that's the good news. It's just too... It, it seems to be working too well, and it's just too easy to do. There's this, this, they're not just going to like leave it on the table. Oh, like, no. Oh, well. No way. Couldn't get around the liver cells not replicating. Uh, and then, you know, we mentioned HIV earlier. This article needs updating in our on our site because it said that it kind of overcame HIV. Uh, but that's not true now. Apparently, HIV defeated uh, the efforts of the oh, CRISPR. Yeah. Right now. But, uh, again, they said that this isn't, this doesn't mean it's over. Um, we think we can overcome this as well. And that eventually could be a cure for HIV. So um, yeah. right now, and they said they weren't too surprised because HIV, if you go back and listen to our episode on that, it is a tough, tough cookie. cookie, And um, has a knack for mutating and replicating in the face of all kinds of uh, drugs. But they think if they use those drugs along with this, maybe that could be a, an alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the future is bright, I think. They just... It's so early in the game. Right. Is the deal. But it, that's why I think a pause is a good idea. I don't know if I've gotten that across that I feel like. A pause is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's one other thing I ran across in researching something called a DNA drive. You can take this CRISPR gene, um, CRISPR Cas9 system, uh-huh. and um, you can add this other component called a DNA drive, right? Okay. And so this DNA drive is basically like. Um, it has the ability to, during reproduction, to not only take the edited gene, or not only to edit a gene in, say, a mosquito, yeah. but when that mosquito reproduces, the chromosomes that are contributed with the edited gene yeah. basically um, break the corresponding spot on the other parent's chromosomes, uh-huh. and then when it repairs itself inserts the blueprint so that the edited gene is copied. Whoa. So then the offspring has both two pair or one pair of the edited gene, which means when they reproduce and they reproduce with somebody else that has both pairs of the same gene, yeah. um, their offspring has a 100% chance of inheriting that gene. Wow. And so it can spread through a population of mosquitoes. So fix in it like once and a, then it fixes it for your family? fixes it or keeps you from reproducing or whatever the gene is, yes. And in a a large population, say like a big mosquito population, that means you can spread that edited gene in like a single growing season. Oh, wow. But that's one reason why people are like, uh, we need to figure out how to be able to turn this off because maybe we need mosquitoes, it turns out. We shouldn't just wipe them off the face of the earth. Although, remember, we did a show on that and some scientists think, no, we don't need them. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, you got anything else? I got nothing else. I'm sure we can do a follow-up on this if we want. Sure. Uh, if you want to know more about the CRISPR gene editing suite, you can type that word into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. As it says, search bar, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this LSD. We got a lot of great emails from... Well, I'll just read this. 
from people who use it and like it. Yeah. You know? uh, hey guys, love the show. Been uh, it's been great to learn so much about a variety of topics. To and from work, I recently listened to LSD. Thought I'd share my story. Three years ago, my father died unexpectedly from a stroke, and it took my whole family by surprise. I became very depressed for months and felt like I was diving into uh, on autopilot and wasn't finding any enjoyment in my day-to-day life. Uh, one night, I was hanging out with my friends and was offered some LSD. Uh, I had taken some years ago and had a wonderful experience with it, so I thought maybe this could be helpful. Uh, it turned out to be the best decision I ever made. Wow. I had several powerful revelations about life and developed a deeper appreciation for uh, my friends and family and for the love that binds us all together. I also gained a fresh perspective on how much beauty there is in the world and how I am a part of it. Uh, this experience really helped uh, set me back on the right path and is a moment in my life that I can point to as life-changing. I believe the drug has a lot of potential for psychiatric use. can be immensely beneficial with helping people work through serious psychological and emotional issues. I truly hope that it is reclassified from Schedule 1 so it can be further studied and seen as a medicinal aid and not a harmful chemical. Uh, and that, I'm going to just say, is from Anonymous, because I didn't hear back whether or not this dude wanted his name read on the air. Thanks a lot, Anonymous. Anonymous man. And thanks to everybody who sent in emails like that. We heard from a lot of people who are like, yeah. I really love acid. Yeah. You know? And, you know, they weren't stories from uh, people that are like... Well, you got to hear this, man. Yeah, it was like, hey, I, I enjoy taking LSD sometimes, and I'm a responsible grown-up adult, right. uh, uh, and I think it helps me out. I don't think we got a single one, like, that was just a jackass taking LSD. Like, yeah. all of them were very thoughtful and... That's because that's our audience, buddy. Yeah. Thoughtful uh, drug users. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us to let us know well, just about anything, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Instagram. That's at SYSK Podcast as well. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 